people were killed in the state, including 59-year-old Sheila Creech. She was there waiting for repairs to her Panama City Beach apartment building, which was badly damaged by Hurricane Michael. California's attorney general won't charge two Sacramento police officers who shot and killed an unarmed black man, Stephon Clark, last year. When confronted shortly after breaking the door, Mr. Clark did not follow officers' commands. He ran into his grandparents' backyard as they were investigating a vandalism report. Officers say they mistakenly thought Clark was approaching them with a gun, but it was a cell phone. You're listening to USA Radio News. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's largest mortgage lender. Spring will be here soon, so if buying a new home is on your to-do list, right now is the time to call Quicken Loans. Learn about which mortgage options make sense for you and get a jump on your competition. With our exclusive Rate Shield approval, the low rate you lock today is protected for up to 90 days while you shop for your new home. With a Rate Shield approval, if rates go up, your low rate stays locked. But if rates go down, you get that new, even lower rate. Either way, you win. Talk to us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com to take advantage. Here's another great reason to work with us. For a record nine years in a row, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. Again, to lock in today's low mortgage interest rate and get the security of our exclusive rate shield approval, call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. For J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. The nation's highest court is waving off a case concerning separation of church and state. USA's Chris Barnes has details from Washington. Public funds being granted to churches for historic preservation, a topic the Supreme Court says it doesn't want any part of. The court has refused to hear a case out of New Jersey where that state's high court ruled last year that religious institutions are not eligible for government funds. But that would seem to go against a 2017 U.S. Supreme Court ruling when justices ruled that churches can be eligible for purely secular grant programs for things like playground renovations. President Trump is praising FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb, who surprised a lot of people by turning in his resignation. He says he wants to spend more time with his family. He led the agency for over two years, tackling opioid abuse, rising drug charges, and teenage vaping. He'll be gone after about a month. This is USA Radio News. Committed to maintaining the timeless tradition of sugaring while enhancing techniques and services, Be Sugared offers a natural, gentle, and nourishing approach to hair removal. Sugaring paste is soothing to the skin and made with 100% natural ingredients. This natural exfoliant removes dead skin cells and nourishes the skin. Services for men and women are conveniently listed on the webpage. Be sure to visit BeSugaredLasVegas.com for location details and more information. That's BeSugaredLasVegas.com. The biggest party in Las Vegas is brewing at the one and only German restaurant and beer hall, Hofbräuhaus Las Vegas. Beer, food, fun, and live entertainment every day of the week. Follow the leader and have your next night out at Hofbräuhaus Las Vegas, where it's Oktoberfest every day. For more information or to make your reservation, call 702-853-BEER or visit HofbräuhausLasVegas.com. We take pride in knowing how to party. Come to our house and experience it for yourself. Prost! Hello, Las Vegas. I am the man you call Jigsaw. And I want to play a game. You and your group will show up at an undisclosed location and be given a chance at redemption. Las Vegas, now is your moment of truth. 
is ticking. Let the games begin. For more information, visit SawEscapeRoom.com. It's time once again for the KSHB Spring Marathon, happening March 7th, 8th, and 9th. As the temperature rises, so do the hot deals at KSHP. Tune into this three-day event and discover brand new radio shopping show businesses, pick up limited items, and shop from our huge clearance list. Join us for special Facebook live shows during the marathon and special giveaways. The KSHP Spring Marathon happening March 7th, 8th, and 9th on your home for the radio shopping show, KSHP AM 1400. The thoughts and opinions expressed in the following program are those of the program's participants and do not necessarily represent those of station staff, management, and advertisers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Vegas Sports Hub here on KSHP 1400 AM. I'm your host, Ian or Kelly. I got Ethan, my co-host Hello. here in the studio, helping me out. How are you doing, Ian? We're going to get into hockey right now because here's the thing. We know that March Madness is coming up. Yes. We know that the NBA playoffs is going to be you know very well around the corner. But the thing with hockey is that there's about what, 18, 19 games left in the season for most teams. I I think it's about 15 or 16 games. It's around that point. Yes. They're still in the teens. So when you look forward to the playoffs, defensive pairings is going to be a big deal. Yes. Do you agree with me on that? I I totally agree. That's probably one of the key components. So when you look at these teams that are on the bubble or are in playoff contention right now, who has the best defensive pairing in the NHL? I'm going to start with Ethan. I really like Anaheim. I, I like their their first line with uh, Lindholm and Manson, they are they're what they're what's keeping the Ducks floating. Basically, they're. I mean, they're keeping them floating, but they're not going to be a playoff team. They're not going to be a playoff team. No, there's absolutely no doubt. But when you look but, at playoff teams, which defensive pairing do you think will go a long way? So for playoff teams, I would have to say I really like. I would probably say Calgary. Uh, their first line is really good. It's a. Uh, Giordano and Brody. Brody. You got Giordano, you got TJ Brody. Yeah. And here's the thing about Calgary. They have a great defense. And do not get me wrong. But when you look at the Winnipeg Jets, when you look at Truba and you look at Myers, I think that is a great defensive pairing. Let's remember, they had Dustin Bufflin at the beginning of the year before he got injured. He's not he's not gonna be back. Is he he's missing the entire playoff. He's gonna miss the entire playoff. Oh, he's missing the rest of the season. So Exactly. Okay. But when I look at Jacob Truba and I look at Tyler Myers, I think that's a great defensive pairing for the Winnipeg Jets. And here's the other thing. They are first right now in their division. And they have Nashville right on their heels. Right. So to me, you have Nashville, we all know about Subban. We all know about what Nashville has on the defense of Roman Josie. My only problem is is that I don't think they have the same power as the Winnipeg Jets do. Even if you look at their second line with Kukev and you have uh, <clears throat> and you have Bayalu. Okay. Uh I don't think Truba and Myers are really connecting right now. I feel like most of their defensive pairing is probably on their second and third line. Don't get me wrong, I really like I really like uh Truba and Right, you were and, ta- and you were talking about how you like Tyler Myers uh, earlier. I, I do. I, I really like Tyler Myers. But they're 
they're letting teams get into the the defensive zone, and that's not good for a team. That is that other teams are scoring when those two are on the ice. I don't think they're clicking just yet. I feel like if you give them maybe one or two more games, and then they'll really start clicking, then they'll start winning more games. And they are winning games, like you said, they're in the they're in first. So, but I just feel like they're the ones that are letting the most goals in. For the record, let's just say that if Carlson was healthy right now, Burns Carlson would be the best defensive pairing. Yes. Right, am I right? Yeah. No, you're definitely right. I completely agree. I I also really like the Chicago defensive pairing on the first line. Uh, I'm blanking on their names. So. I mean, well, here's the thing. Here We got a Chicago Blackhawks fan here working <laughs> out on who their first line is. But speaking of Chicago Blackhawks, let's talk about the Arizona Coyotes. They're right on the heels of the Golden Knights. They're trying to get their way in. Let's talk about their first line, Yamerson and Ekman Larson. That is a very good defensive. That's pairing. a scary one. I Ekman Larson's been in the league for it's about nine years now. About nine years, so he's really come into his own. And I feel like he just, as soon as Yamerson got traded from Chicago, that's when Ekman Larson just said, "Hey, I'm going to take this guy under my wing and." help him out and show him more of the ropes and show him how we do it in Arizona. And that's why they're such a good first-line pairing. And then if we talk about another team, the Chicago Blackhawks love to trade. Are we going to talk about Carolina? We're going to talk about the Carolina Hurricanes. <laughs> when you look at their oh, defensive, that's sad that you, we look know their Je- teams. you look at Justin Folk, you look at Dougie Hamilton, they have a very good defensive core as well, and they could be playoff contenders. Oh, definitely. I they're going to be a playoff team. There's only 16, 15 games left. Right, so, and, and they have that third spot right now in their division. Yeah, so they're they're sitting easy for the most part. If anything, they'll just get bumped to a bubble and be in a wild card position. But this is the thing I like about defensive pairings is that there are some teams that have awful defenses. Florida. Exactly. The Panthers, to but, be specific. But, Exactly. Not the Lightning. The lightning, no, you're lightning, right are, now. lightning are still in first, aren't they? They are first right now, 114 points. That's crazy. And they're facing the Nashville uh, Jets right now. Nashville Predators, not the, the Nashville, Nashville Jets. Jets. The Nashville Let's Jets. Let's make that a, like an AHL or an ECHL team. Exactly. Let's do that. <laughs> the Nashville Jets. But when I look at Tampa Bay Lightning, they have a very good defense as well. They do. I mean, here's the thing. Ryan McDonough. Is a very good defenseman. You got Victor Hedman. I like the way that Tampa Bay works as well. Yeah. But the thing about Tampa Bay is that is is Tampa Bay going to have the same problem they always have going down the line, which is that they never get it done when it gets to the playoffs. Besides that one year that they made it all the way with Ben Bishop, you had Stamkos with that great year in the playoffs. Are we talking about 2015? Yes, the year they faced the Blackhawks. And they lost in the finals. Exactly, but they still made it. They did. Uh, I think that was the year that they were supposed to go all the way and win, uh, but it didn't happen. Uh, I don't know. I This year might be a different year and might be a different story. They might be able to go all the way. I don't. Again, I don't know if they would be able to finish and win a cup, but who knows? Let's talk about the Boston Bruins. 16-point streak right now for the Boston Bruins. Yes. They are on a hot streak, and it's a good thing they're doing it now as opposed to the beginning of the year. Yeah. Could they take down Tampa Bay Lightning? Because in the second round, here's the thing. Because in the second round, Boston and Tampa Bay would have to face each other based on the current playoff format it is right now. Okay, so I'm going to backtrack you really quick. I 
I don't think this is a good start for them to be going on hot streak this late into the season. I would have rather have seen it go earlier in the season because they're gassing themselves out for the last couple games. So they're going to be a slow team in the playoffs, and that's going to be an early exit. Any team that is gassing up right now and is being strong and making the best playoff push that they can, they're going to be super slow in the playoffs. They're not going to back check, and they're going to get they're going to get beaten every time and they're going to be an early round exit if they even make the playoffs at that point. I see your point there, but here's the other thing about momentum. Momentum is key in hockey. We both know this. Yes. Some teams, they get super hot in the beginning. I'm going to call it the Buffalo Sabres because they got super hot at the beginning, but now they have fallen apart. Right. And then in the past, we have seen teams that at the end – they go on at seven, eight, nine game streak heading into the playoffs, and they ride that momentum in the playoffs. Heck, I could call out the Vegas Golden Knights from last year. Well, the Golden Knights basically did it the entire year. They were they were on a hot streak and they were on just a crazy momentum swing every almost every game that they got, yet then again they did lose a couple games. They what was it, twenty four, I believe? It was 24. The thing, but the point I'm trying to make is that the Vegas Golden Knights throughout the year, yes, they were on a hot streak, but towards that last 10, 15 games, that's when their momentum really started and it lasted throughout the playoffs. Right. Uh, but then again, they didn't finish. They got to the finals and they lost to the Capitals. Now, we're going to move on to our next topic in the NHL, and we're going to talk about notable teams throughout the league. I want to start out with the Vegas Golden Knights, because we are here in Las Vegas. Four are we? Ga- hmm? Are we in Las Vegas? We are in Las Vegas, KSHP <laughs> 1400 AM Las Vegas. Now, four-game win streak right now. Mark Stone on that second line with Pacioretty and with Stasny. Only question is, can the Golden Knights continue this momentum? Because it's doing good so far. But, like I said with the Boston Bruins, is their momentum going to last throughout the rest of it and move into the playoffs? Or, like you said, is it going to backfire on them? Uh, Let's see. I think it might... I think it might go both ways, to be honest. I, And that, that sounds that. really weird to say. But I feel like at like the first like two or three games that they play, whoever they play in the playoffs, I feel like that team will beat the Knights, and then Vegas is just I don't I think Gallant's just gonna light a fire under their butts, and all of a sudden Vegas is just gonna have another burst of momentum and maybe get to the Western Conference Finals. I don't I don't know if they're gonna be a Stanley Cup final team this year. I I don't think anybody expects them to be. You got San Jose ahead of them. You got Arizona right behind them. Right. When it comes to the Golden Knights, who are they fearing the most right now? Is it San Jose at the top, or is it Arizona just a couple points away at the bottom? It's Arizona. Arizona is definitely the threat for Vegas right now because Vegas knows that Arizona's creeping up behind them. So the fact that Arizona's creeping up, Vegas better watch their back. And we, and we talked about their defensive pairing, right? Yamerson and Larson. Yeah, that that's gonna that's what's winning Arizona games. And so I, 
Vegas needs to be scared and they need to watch their backs, but they also need to watch their fronts for San Jose because San Jose is going to take off. We all know that they're going to meet in the in the in the playoffs again. But Arizona, man, they need to Vegas needs to watch their back for the Coyotes. Worst case scenario, Arizona leaps them. They become a wild card team. Winnipeg, Calgary, pick your poison. Which team should Vegas watch out for the most? Between Winnipeg and Calgary, I would have to say probably Winnipeg. And I, why? Winnipeg is a scary team when it comes to the wild card. They've they've shown it in the past that they are a wild card team basically, but they're willing they're going to push because they know they're a wild card. They they want the cup. So if they're in the wild card, they're going to push and they're going to push hard and they're going to take out whoever they can. If Winnipeg got to the final, would the entire arena be white for game 1? I think it would be white for all the games that, that played at home. Cuz I think that would be awesome imagery to see. An entire arena yeah. in white. I Did the Golden Knights do a whole gold out the arena for game 1 or was it just wear whatever you want? Well, most people wore whatever they want. <laughs> When it came to the Vegas Golden Knights. I feel like that should be for every team. Like, if they make the playoffs, it should be, like, wear, like, the home colors. So, like, for the Coyotes, if they made the playoffs for game one, wear all red. So it, it, Isn't it, like, crimson red? For the for, most part, yeah. Yeah, it's mainly crimson red for but the I mean, Coyotes. But, like, I mean, like, you could also wear, like, cardinal red, like the uh, Arizona Cardinals wear. That wouldn't look too bad. Now, the Golden Knights do a whiteout once in a while. Like they use their all their road jerseys at home. Yeah, the Frost the Fortress. Right, exactly. Frost but the Fortress. Both games that they did that this season they lost. So it would not be a good idea for do <laughs> playoffs. No, sir. Or do it, not do that in the playoffs. The Winnipeg Jets, since we were talking about that, Kyle Connor is a very underrated player to me. And his line is very underrated. Brandon Teneff. He's on Kyle the Connor. third line, right? He's on the third line right now. Okay. You got Tenef, you got Connor. And then the other problem is with Winnipeg is that they have good offensive, but they have great defensive as well. Yes, they they do. So if they did make the finals, it wouldn't be a cakewalk. No, no. They're a very tough team. And Connor Hellebuck is a great goaltender for the Winnipeg Jets. Who's, the last- their, who's their backup? Their backup is... Um, Steve Mason. Steve Mason. He's... 30-something, The, the right? sad part about Steve Mason is he had a great start in Columbus, but then he went to Philly. And then I liked him Winnipeg. in Philly. He was a really good goaltender in Philly. He was a good goaltender, but then he, he just had injury problems. He got them He got them to the finals. Uh, No, he didn't. Who was their – oh, no, my gosh. No, in 2010, you're talking about Michael Lighton. Thank you. Wow. Wow, I just yeah, had a Michael brain Lighton, fart. Yeah, Michael Lighton, that's a name from the past. Yeah, well, my brain just – my brain just went so Steve Mason is the backup but he did have a good tenure in Columbus he did speaking of Columbus Sergei Bobrovsky the thing that surprises me about him is that everyone thought he was going to be dealt a while back you know I'm really surprised with how he's playing because you know he he's blatantly said he does not want to play in Columbus anymore so the fact that he is playing with like a playoff goalie and playing like he wants to stay is very surprising, even though everybody knows that him and Panarin aren't going to be there anymore after if, this year. 
if Columbus makes the playoffs, and if they go far, do you see Panarin and Bobrovsky staying, or are they are they officially gone? I think they're officially gone. I see. Well, not I see. <laughs> I feel like they've already made up their mind, and it's already a done deal that after this year, no matter what happens, they're gonna be gone. So, if they go to the finals and they win the cup, whatever team they play, they'll just ship the ring, or they'll just show. They'll bring them into the locker room and hand them their ring. They they won't care. Panarin and Bobrovsky are gone. It's just a matter of what team are they going to go to now. Because back at the trade deadline, Blue Jackets made all those aggressive moves. I told people, and I think I told you this when it happened, the Columbus Blue Jackets, if they don't go far, and then this is a blown-up experiment. It, it blow ups in their face. Yeah, I... Uh... I was really surprised that, you know, I, I said this last week, I was really surprised Kincaid and Bobrovsky didn't get flipped. That was the that was the one I was actually, like, I thought would have happened. And I also kind of thought that Duchesne and Panarin were going to get flipped for each other. I That's just something I thought. I was, clearly, I was wrong. Is Kincaid the future, then? Yeah. If Bobrovsky um, and Panarin are gone, who are the two players that Columbus can say, we can count on those two? Felino and Corpusalo. If we're looking at uh, player and goalie, well, Corpusalo has been there for four years now, and this is finally his chance to get the start. I next starting next year, watch Kincaid on the bench a little more. I I like what Stevie said last week that him and Corpusalo are gonna split it maybe forty five forty five, but I I feel like Corpusalo is gonna get a few more starts than Kincaid. Now, the Pittsburgh Penguins, oh. they are on the bubble right now for the wild card. Good. Don't even let them make the playoffs. I want to bring up one thing. No. Matt Cullen has played 1,500 games. This was his 1,500 game today. Yawn. Is he going to make the Hall of Fame now? Because I feel like there's always that rumor that if you played 1,000 games in the NHL – you immediately go to the Hall of Fame. Why not? Every every sport has players that don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame that are going to be Hall of Famers. And Chris Letang practiced for the team today. Oh, that's good. So how that's, how that's long good was he them. out? He was out for... He's been out for a while. Yeah, it's been a couple months, hasn't it? So with him coming back and trying to come back, Sidney Crosby was a star of the week alongside <sighs> Flurry and alongside... When is... Answer me this, Ian. When is Crosby never a star of the week? Uh, when Gary Bettman decides he does not want him to be star of the week. Uh, it just makes no sense because it's like every week I'm scrolling through my Instagram feed and all of a sudden I see the stars of the week and I see the Penguins logo and it says 87 Sidney Crosby. And I'm like, why is Crosby still on here? He didn't do anything. The thing about Crosby is that he was the wonder boy. He was the guy who replaced Super Mario. It doesn't matter. He So he's basically Luigi that he no is, one cares about? He's basically Luigi who became one of the best players in the NHL. So he's Super Mario on drugs. No, he is Super Mario Lite on Nintendo DS. <laughs> in the white suit and the red, the red jumper and the all white. Exactly. <laughs> but, hey, people love Sidney Crosby and people hate Sidney Crosby. That's I, just the thing about Crosby. I'm a Crosby hater. I will admit it. Why do you hate Crosby? 
Because he's a diver. Have you seen all of his games? Dude, he dives so much he belongs on the Olympic diving team. And what do the referees do about it? They do nothing. They laugh at him and say, get up and move. When when have you ever seen a penalty called on Sidney Crosby? Exactly my point. He's only it, been in like four fights in his entire career. Fights don't matter. Good for him. It, it doesn't... Say, let's say William Carlson goes up and he blows on Crosby. The ref's arm is going to go up and it's going to be a two-minute... I don't know, interference call on now, Crosby? This was a while, or on Carlson, sorry. This was a while back, but I want to see if you remember this. Okay. A couple months ago, the Penguins and the Capitals were playing. Okay. And Ovechkin and Crosby got into a disagreement, and Ovechkin was like, fight me. Yes. And they immediately gave him a penalty. Yeah. Yeah. And, they, and, they were and both, Crosby didn't get anything. And they were both on the bench, too. But, like, Ovechkin, Crosby was talking about Tom Wilson and how he didn't like what Tom Wilson did to Brian Dumulin. And Ovechkin was like, fight me. And Crosby just was like, no, I ain't going to do that. Yeah, no, Crosby's a coward. I I tweeted out uh, in the 2016, uh, I believe it was Eastern Conference final games. It was when they played Ottawa. I, I tweeted out, I found a box of t- a picture of a box of tissues that said crybaby on it. And I was like, I didn't know Sidney Crosby had his own tissue line. It, the, he's such a crybaby. The reason I brought up the Penguins. Did you know Crosby pays for Tinder? I did not know that. <laughs> but when it comes to uh, the Penguins and the Capitals, the reason I brought that up is because if the playoffs started right now, the Penguins and Capitals would face off in the first round. Well, that that'd be different. Usually, the Penguins are always facing the Blue Jackets. Right, and then they normally face the Penguins in the second round. Yeah, no, the Penguins play the Capitals. Blue. Ja- no, the Penguins play the Blue Jackets every year in the first round. And then and in the then second round, the is Penguins, Penguins would play Capitals. the Capitals. So this will be this would be the first year that it would be the Penguins and Capitals. I well, at least since I've been watching, at least I think the last couple of seasons. We'll put it that yeah, way. Last like. Eight or nine seasons. Colorado Avalanche. They've lost three of their last four games. Are they done at this point? Because you know their top line is one of the best in the NHL. But I think that the Avalanche are done. Valarmov is a good goaltender. You have McKinnon, Landeskog, and you have Ratanen. But based on their playoff position, I don't see how they're going to make it up. I I think think they might not make the playoffs i it's tough to say right now they're they're so inconsistent and that's what is really tough i i do agree with you i think varlamov might retire but we'll have to see now when it comes to the pacific division we know we talk about the coyotes but the canucks are still there as well are they they're they're, they're a couple of points back from arizona they're about point. Sixth or seventh in the in the seating, right? They are currently right behind Arizona. Oh, okay. Right now, but they're only a couple points back. So when it comes to Vancouver, because Arizona is a team that Vegas needs to worry about, but can Vancouver edge their way into the playoffs right now? I think with the help of Pedersen or Peterson, Peterson. however you say his name, it he has like a couple different ways to say it. It's I, Peterson. Okay, so Elias Peterson is basically their key player right now. So I feel like with his help, 
it's tough to say. I I don't see Vancouver in the playoffs, but I see them maybe just on the outside, maybe one or two points away. Who's their goalie? Markstrom. Markstrom. Jacob Markstrom. Okay. Yeah, no, they're not in the playoffs. They are not going to be a playoff <laughs> team to me. But before we move on to our next topic, I want to bring up one final team, or teams anyway, and that is the California teams. You got Anaheim and you got L.A. Like, why are they struggling this season? You had Anaheim and you had the Kings. A lot of teams, a lot of people thought at the beginning of the season that they could be playoff contenders. But right now, they are doing awful. And why is that? And I actually could go one further. Why are the big market teams struggling all of a sudden? The Blackhawks, Ducks, Kings, uh, even the Rangers out there in the East? Right. I Well, me being a Blackhawks fan, I'll, I'll just say I think the Blackhawks are just in a rebuilding year. You know, especially after, fin- after firing Quinville. That the Blackhawks are just like, all right, our season's done. We're not even going to worry about it. If they make the playoffs, that'll be fun, but I don't see them in the playoffs. The Ducks, all the California teams, I that's weird how they were they were projected to be playoff teams, but now they're not even going to be in the playoffs. The Sharks are like the only team that are going to be in the playoffs in the California. And here's the thing about the Kings. The Ducks and the Kings, they have talent, and they still do have talent. Yeah. But they're not playoff contenders. So I it, I think for the Kings, it started when the season started because they were in last place for so long. They kind of just gave up. But now they're kind of on a hot streak. They beat – who was it? It was um, – they just beat them a couple days ago. I f- it wasn't Dallas. They lost to Dallas. It was the game after Dallas. It was the game after Dallas. I see – but I understand what you're, yeah. what you're, what you're saying. But th- I, I – it's just, just it's just the thing about South California is that with three teams now, it used to be that even if one of them missed, the other two would make it. Right. But now only one is going to make the playoffs. That's remarkable. I, the Ducks, I don't know. They just fell. I I, I don't know if it was with all the injuries that they had. Or, or, if, or was it trading all their young players for older guys? That could be it. I just get a... Sm- because let's remember, this is the team that that kept Sammy Vatanen and left Shea Theodore to the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, well... And then they traded Vatanen that same year right. to the Devils. Yeah. So, Arizona... Or, sorry, not Arizona. Anaheim. I feel like they should have traded Kessler before the trade deadline. Well, He's who would n- want him, though? Exactly. Who would want to eat up his contract? And- that's the problem with Anaheim is they have a lot of these older players who nobody wants their contract. Right. And L.A. has the same problem. You well, mean Dustin Brown has, still has talent, but his too big of a contract. Drew Doughty will never be moved. And then you got Kovalchuk who came over and everyone thought was going to be a big deal. So the top three players for L.A. I don't think are ever going to get moved. Are Kopitar, Quick, and Brown? Oh, sorry, top four: Kopitar, Quick, Brown, and Dowdy. I don't, I don't think those guys are ever going to get moved. I think if they'll have a no contract. If any of those guys would have been moved, it would have happened at the deadline. Yeah, but the contract you would have had to eat that up, and I don't. I think Florida. I think the Panthers might have been the only team that could probably eat that up because they all those players are only playing for 
I want to say like thousands, except for Huberto. He's playing for Luongo as well. Luongo, yeah, but he, his time's up. His, He's going to retire at the end of this year. He needs to. James Reimer's going to take over. Now, when it comes to Ted Lindsay, passed away on Monday, Hockey Hall of Famer. Yes. And he was the founder of the National Hockey League Player Association. But why was Ted Lindsay such an important figure to hockey? Well, he has a trophy named after him. It's the uh, Ted Lindsay Award, and that's for best... Oh, shoot, I forget what it is. Top goals, I think it was? No. No, that's the Rocket Richard. That is the, the most, Rocket. Is the I forget what the Ted goals. Lindsay Award is. And I, but I do see what yeah, you're trying so, to say. When it comes to Ted Lindsay, he was the first ever player to pick up the Stanley Cup and skate around the rink with it. First not, ever player to do that. Okay, so not the first player to ever just hold the cup. No, but he was the first player to skate around with it. And think about this. 14 years he was in the NHL. He only played for two teams. Detroit and Chicago. That's, yeah. And he only went to Chicago because he wanted a union. That's yeah. the only reason he wanted to go. Nine-time All-Star, four-time Stanley Cup champion, and in 2017 he was voted one of the top 100 players in NHL history. He's in the Hall of Fame. He is a Hockey Hall of Famer. Yeah, he was inducted, I want to say, in like and he will the always, 90s. And he will always be known as Gordie Howe's second-hand man. Yeah. Well, until he went to Chicago. Until he went to Chicago. <laughs> then he just became Ted Lindsay, the great one of the greatest Chicago Blackhawks ever. Speaking of Chicago, why did Detroit and Chicago have so many moves like in their entire lifespan? Cuz Chris Chelios, you had Ted Lindsay, you have all these players who at one point or another went from Detroit to Chicago because or vice versa. Because all the Red Wing players knew who the better team was, and that is the Chicago Blackhawks. Is that why Chris Shelius won a couple cups with Detroit? Okay, stop talking. <laughs> now, we are going to go to commercial break here on Vegas Sports Hub, but when we come back, we are going to discuss the world of baseball after this on Vegas Sports Hub, KSHP 1400 AM. On May 15, 1946, a young Tommy Kolax introduced Los Angeles to a hamburger with gusto. Over 70 years later, Tommy's hamburgers are world famous for their chili and chili burgers. Tommy's also features chili cheese dogs, breakfast burritos, chili tamales, thick milkshakes, and chili cheese fries. Dine in or carry out at Tommy's three Las Vegas locations, Craig in the 95, Boulder Highway just north of Harmon, and St. Rose just west of Eastern. Find the shack and you'll be back at Tommy's Hamburgers. Jumper's Jungle Family Fun Center is an indoor children's jump and party space in Las Vegas located at 2050 South Rainbow Boulevard. Kids of all ages can come and jump on our bouncers, race through the obstacle courses, speed down the mega slides, slam dunk into the basketball hoops, and much more. Are you looking for that perfect birthday party venue? Look no further. Jumper's Jungle has a party package that will fit your needs. Check out the open play schedule online at jumpersjungle.com or call 702-463-JUMP. It's time to jump your way to fun at Jumper's Jungle on the corner of Oki and Rainbow. Gravity, we're proud to be Las Vegas's best-rated sports park. We bring the thrill of extreme aerial action off the screen and into reality with liberating physical experiences that are enjoyed by all ages, whether it's our stunt fall, ninja warrior course, foam pits, launch pads, dunk basketball, or many other amazing attractions. Visit 7350 Prairie Falcon. That's 7350 Prairie Falcon. Or online at www.gravity.com. 
Experience the vacation of a lifetime with Dream Vacation Week. Enjoy a fantastic seven-night resort vacation for a low price at some of the most popular destinations in the world. Don't take our word for it. Hear what our radio shopping show listeners have to say about Dream Vacation Week. Yes, we went to Park City and it was the best. Oh my gosh, it was so wonderful. To Sedona, wonderful. It was a really good, really good experience. To book your vacation of a lifetime, visit them online at dreamvacationweek.com. That's dreamvacationweek.com. Destination, South Point. 11 great restaurants, bingo, bowling, movies, race books, sports books, spa, live entertainment, oversized rooms, and the rates, unbeatable. The South Point, Las Vegas. Book now. Online at southpointcasino.com or call 866-791-7626. southpointcasino.com or call 866-791-7626. At the South Point, Las Vegas, you're always a winner. The Sports Hub presents This Day in Sports History. In 1997, Dodgers legend Tommy Lasorda was inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame. In 1993, the Florida Marlins beat the Houston Astros 12-8 in their first ever spring training game. In 1985, New York Islanders legend Mike Bossy is the first ever to score 50 goals in eight straight seasons. In 1977, ACC Ben's Basketball Tournament, North Carolina beat Virginia 75-69. In 1966, players representatives elected Marvin Miller as executive director of the Major League Baseball's Player Association. In 1910, the Stanley Cup, the Montreal Wanderers, beat Ottawa Senators 3-1. This has been Sports Hub's This Day in Sports History. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Vegas Sports Hub here on KSHP AM 1400. I am your co-host, Ethan Gettemeyer. We, I'm here with uh, Ian Rickelli, the host of Vegas Sports Hub. Yes, you are. <laughs> I'm here, Ian Rickelli, host of Vegas Sports Hub. Now, as we jump into uh, baseball, I have a couple questions for you, Ian. And go now, right ahead. With the season basically starting, it's coming up underway. Uh, we're just about 26 games into the season well spring training actually what players are going to make the most impact on their new team well when i think of players who are on their brand new teams of course you know the big two harper with the phillies machado with the padres and then you have two players who were acquired in trades and that was robinson cano with the mets and paul goldschmidt with the cardinals when I look at those four acquisitions, Machado is a big name. It's a big deal. But I don't think he's going to make the most impact when it comes to wins. Because the Padres, they have a lot of young talent. Best farm system in baseball. And you have Will Myers. You have Manuel Margot. You have all this young talent, but that's the point. They're young. They're not going to get there quite yet. Right. So I don't think the Padres are there. Do you agree with me on that? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I don't really pay attention to baseball, but from what you've said, yes, I don't I don't think. And then you move on to the Mets. Robinson Cano, he's no longer in his prime. He's not yeah. the great Yankees second baseman, all-star player that he was back then. How old is he now? He is in his mid-30s now. Okay, so, so his he, prime is basically up. So, so his prime is gone. How, many, how long is he playing for, for the Mets? He's going to be playing for the next four seasons. 
Okay, so in do you believe after those four seasons it's he's going to retire? See, when it comes to Robinson Cano, it's not like he is a dead fish. It's not like he's Albert Pujols or Miguel Cabrera yet. He's right. not those guys. He still has some talent, but he's not the player he was that was getting a hundred plus million dollars from the Seattle Mariners back in 2014. Okay. So he still has talent, but after those four years of up, he will either sign a small one or two year deal with a team to be a veteran, or yes, he will retire. Okay. And then Paul Goldschmidt with the St. Louis Cardinals. The St. Louis Cardinals got a great addition with him. That was a big trade. That was a big trade. You have Goldschmidt. Now you have Matt Carpenter. You have a very good lineup there of Harrison Batter. You have a lot of great talent in St. Louis. However, they are in a very, very tough division. You have the Cubs. You have the Brewers, who were in the NLCS last year, and they kept majority of their roster. I don't see the Cardinals overtaking those two. I see the Cubs either making a very good push and getting there very, very, very slowly and very uh, precise, but they will get there. Or the Brewers will do what they did last year and pull away in September. Okay. And then the Mets, like I said with Robinson Cano, I don't see him improving them that much. They were not the playoff team last year. So if you see where I'm going with this, the Phillies getting Bryce Harper was a huge deal. And is it the fact that Harper is going to be the highest paid player up until this upcoming offseason when Mike Trout gets $350 million from the Angels? Yes, that's going to be the reason. But let's look at the rest of the Phillies roster. You have great talent in the infield. You have Rias Hoskins at first base, his natural position. You have guys like Carlos Santana. You have Gene Segura, who is an all-star shortstop. You no longer have to deal with players like that. You have Mikel Franco at third base. You have all this talent on the Phillies roster that wasn't going to make an impact last year. And then you have in the outfield, you have Andrew McCutcheon. He's no longer the MVP that he was in Pittsburgh, but he can still get the job done. He showed that with the Giants last year. If anyone's going to make an impact, I say the Phillies are going to. And it's not just because Bryce Harper, but it's the talent they included around them. So I I think with Bryce Harper signing that big of a contract and getting that much money, I feel like he's not going to play to his potential because he's basically guaranteed all that mo- all that money. No opt out, no trade clause. Yeah, so he, he if he wanted to, he could just sit on in the dugout and just say, "Hey, I'm not going to play." He could do that, but that's not the type of player that he is. It's not the type of player, but who knows, maybe five years down the road, he might turn into that player and say, hey, why am I still playing in the sun? Here's the thing about Bryce Harper that people get upset about. People don't like his attitude. They think that he is very egotistical, and when he's on the field, you can see that. Mm -hmm. But when you look at his statistics, and you look at what he has done production-wise. Is he a Mike Trout? No, he is not. Nobody's a Mike Trout. Mike Trout's his own person. Exactly. He's one of a kind. (laughs) He had, but Harper has talent, and Harper can make that production last, and he's only 26 years old. He's in his prime right now. He's so young. I, 
I don't know. For the longest time, I think it's only because he spent seven years in in Washington. I feel like I've I've seen him as like a thirty year old person now. He started when he was eighteen. That's crazy. He was drafted in twenty ten. He went to CSN at age seventeen to forgo his senior year of high school in order to become a first overall pick. That's insane. Good for him. You know, he has the right mentality. He knows the game of baseball. And he also gave a shout-out to College Center Nevada for having a number one overall pick. That's something that they can hold yeah. high on their shoulders. Do you think they have just that that recording on loop on, like, their TV or something? It's probably on their uh, memorabilia wall. Probably. Because if you go to one of their CSN campuses where they have the baseball complex, they probably have that there. I wouldn't be surprised. Next question. So, who are 10 young players who will have a breakout season in 2019? I'm going to start out with the San Diego Padres, a team that Manny Machado just went to. In their outfield, they have a very young guy named Franmel Reyes. Very good outfielder. He's going to be there with Will Myers and Manuel Margot. He had 10 home runs in the last two months of the season in 2018. He was batting 318 towards the end of the year. And when I look at his talent level, he can get hits. He can get on base. And he has a lot of production value for the Padres roster. I'm going to start with him because I think he can make a huge impact for that team. Second player is Scott Oberg, a reliever for the Colorado Rockies. When you look at the Rockies relievers and you look at their bullpen, Wade Davis has been an all-star. Everyone knows who he is. Jake McGee is a very solid reliever. He used to be with Tampa Bay a while back. Scott Oberg is not many people know of, but they should because he has a 25% strikeout rate in the past couple of seasons. He closed out that wildcard game against the Cubs for the Rockies this past off se- the past pre postseason. Oh, you must have loved that. I definitely love that. And also <laughs> the fact that he struck out Chris Bryant, Almer Almora, and Javi Baez in that wild card game. So he has the potential. And he and he's not gonna be the closer, he's not gonna be the setup guy, but he can be a very solid reliever for the Colorado Rockies. And he is in his prime right now, which is making him very good. Next, I have a starting pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies, a team that we just talked about, and that is Nick Pavetta. 27% strikeout rate. He is going to be a number three starter on that roster, unless they sign a free agent at some point. Because you got Arietta and you got Aaron Nola. So you have Pavetta right behind him. He has a lot of talent on that roster. His strikeout rate is very high, and the fact that he has a very, very good fastball on that roster. Next is another starting pitcher who was a key piece in the Chris Archer deal just a year ago with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and that was Tyler Glasnow. I think that's the last name I could say a couple times, and I would be happy about (laughs) Glasnow. Sounds like Glasgow. Yeah, that's a fun name to say. But he was that main piece in that deal to get an all-star like Chris Archer, and he proved his worth. He had 58 and a half innings with the Tampa Bay Rays. He has the production to be a top starter in this league. Blake Snell's the number one starter for the Tampa Bay Rays. 
But that you know, he was a Cy Young last year. It makes sense. Right. So with him learning behind Snell in that rotation is going to help Glasnow become a better pitcher. So with the kind of going off track really quick with the spring training, do do teams know like their rotation for pitchers yet, or does that come in towards like the beginning of the season? When it comes to spring training, because I've learned this from former players. 90% of the roster is already put in place. But if they're looking at their number four, number five pitchers in their rotation, maybe there's an extra bullpen spot that they're battling between the two. And majority of the time, it's the catcher position, like their backup catcher on opening day. Because on a 25-man roster, let's say 20 of them are guaranteed. So the rest of those five... There's a 40-man roster at spring training. So you have all those guys trying to compete for that final five spots. And realistically, there's about five men on that 40-man roster that are not going to be there. So that's about ten players for five spots. Okay. So could they leave that spot open for, say, like a triple-A guy and just bring him up when needed? Say, like, somebody, like a catcher gets injured, could they just leave that fifth position open or do they need to fill that spot this is why there's a 40-man roster because those extra 15 guys in the minor league system can be brought up immediately so if a guy gets injured they can immediately call up somebody on their 40-man and they will be there immediately okay okay sorry just question It's a good question. (laughs) And the next player I want to talk about is somebody who actually had to deal with that last year, and that was Josh James, a starting pitcher for the Houston Astros. Very young guy. He got injured, actually, before spring training started. He actually injured his arm. However, he has been playing a lot of catch recently, and they've done some mock drills with him, and it looks like he will be full strength when the season starts. How long was he out? He had a soul, he had problem with his shoulder, so it it was about three or four weeks. Okay. But when the season starts, and based on how long the season is, he will be a hundred percent at some point in the season. Okay. And him being twenty-seven years old, he will be a factor for that number four, number five spot. Because you got Verlander, you got Cole. Those are two guys that they traded for who are solid pitchers on their bo- on their roster. You're not going to get rid of those two. In fact, they were Cy Young votes last year. Then you got Colin McHugh, and then you had Charlie Morton also last year. So Josh James is going to be a key role there. Chicago White Sox are next. Eloy Jimenez. Ooh, very good outfielder. Jimenez, very good outfielder. <laughs> this name upsets me because he used to be a prospect for the Chicago Cubs until he got traded for Jose Quintana, who's now the number five pitcher for the Chicago Cubs. Why do all these baseball players, why do most of them have, like, the f- best names to say? Because a lot of them come from overseas. A lot of them come from the Cuba, Dominican Republic, Venezuela-type areas. That's where a lot of these players come from. Hmm. And those three areas bring out the best, hungriest players you're ever going to find. Because that's the only way they're going to get out. Yeah, that. At least they're doing something. And if they when they go pro, then that's their ticket. It's their ticket way out. And a lot of these guys get signed at 17, 18 years old for millions of dollars. That's awesome. Then they're getting paid really quickly. 
But back to Jimenez, he is a number three prospect in all of baseball, which is a very big deal considering there's 100 prospects that are the top in baseball. So him being number three is important. He's going to make a huge impact. doesn't matter if he is in Charlotte to begin the year or if he's on the main roster. At some point, he's going to be on that White Sox starting lineup. And when he does, you need to watch out. There was a video three years ago of when he was in a home run competition. He hit a ball that hit one of the lights <laughs> in center field. That's crazy. That's how much power this guy has. That That's a strong bat. Now, the Los Angeles Angels, everyone talks about Mike Trout. It makes sense. He's the best player in all of baseball. But Caleb Cowart, third baseman, he has a lot of potential. He is 26 years old, starting to enter his prime right now. But not many people talk about him. You have Simmons at shortstop. You have Upton. You have Trout out there in the outfield. Then you have Otani at the starting pitching. Not many people talk about him, but he should have a breakout year because, once again, no one thinks about him. When you're looking at that starting lineup for the Angels, you're worrying about Trout. You're worrying about Simmons's glove. You're worrying about Upton, but never Coward. Next is for the New York Mets, a player who actually played for the Las Vegas 51s, and that is Amid Rosario, hmm. a very good shortstop. He actually played last year in the MLB Japan series where they got the best MLB players to play in Japan against the best competition in Japan, and he was solid. A couple of home runs, very good at bats. It proved his worth there. And he has a very good glove, and his bat is great for the New York Mets. Next is a player who is going to start the year for the Las Vegas Aviators but should make his debut for the Oakland Athletics very soon, and that is catcher Sean Murphy. Now, Sean Murphy is a very good catcher, and when I look at what he has done in their minor league system, he is my, he is major league ready. You think so? He is. I absolutely believe so. He is major league ready, and I am actually happy to be seeing him about a month from now at the new Las Vegas ballpark in downtown Summerlin. So how long do you think he will just stay in with the Aviators before he gets pulled up? It depends. There are some players, like what happened with Chris Bryant back in 2014, is that they keep them for about two weeks, and then they bring them up, because that is when that is legally something they can do in their contract. Or what some teams do is that they will keep them there up until – June or July at the halfway point, and then they bring them up to get them experience in the major league level. So do you think that would be smart for the athletics to do that? Considering the fact that they already have a veteran catcher right now and the fact that the Oakland Athletics have a very good roster. They made the playoffs last year. I see them doing that route where they wait until June, they wait until July, they bring him up. Because July is the trade deadline. Right. And that is when a lot of these teams want to see, hey, if I bring this guy up, can he handle the major league level so then we can flip him in a deal? Okay. And then the final player on my list that I want to talk about is Malik Smith, an outfielder for the Seattle Mariners. I like that name, 
Malix. Malix. Uh, that's a fun name to say. It, Malix. It is a fun name to say. <laughs> he was acquired in a trade with the Tampa Bay Rays in this offseason for D. Gordon, which is a very big deal when it comes to Seattle Mariners. Speaking of the Seattle Mariners, we were talking about this earlier. Were we? The longest playoff drought belongs to the Seattle Mariners right now, 2001. Do you know the team that is right after the Seattle Mariners on that list? Would it be Cleveland Browns? It is the Cleveland Browns, 2002. Wow. It just amazes me that those two teams have been out of the playoffs for that long. I mean, both their sports are just, well, you only play 16 games in the NFL. You play 162. In MLB, so the, the, the Mariners have no excuse. Mariners have no excuse. The Cleveland Browns have no excuse for later. But we will talk about that next week. <laughs> NHL free agent preview on next week's show. NHL free agent or NFL N- free agent? NFL oh. free agent preview. NH- we could do NHL free agent preview. That would be looking way forward yeah, ahead. Not even into the playoffs yet. But back to Malik Smith. He is a very good outfielder, a lot of speed, and he is a very good glove. That's the thing about baseball, is that having a good glove can get you a long way. There's this guy named Austin Jackson who spent eight years in baseball, mainly because he had a good glove at center field. Played for the Tigers, played for the White Sox, played for the Indians, all because he had a great glove. Now, what was... Now, before we end the show, I want to give a quick shout-out to UNLV Baseball to start out the season. And Bryson Stout is their very notable player. He is projected to be a first-round pick in the MLB draft in this upcoming year. That's good about UNLV. Kyle Isbell is currently a top-10 prospect in the Kansas City Royals farm system. So UNLV is on the up-and-up right now. Yeah. How many players do they have going into the draft this year? Uh, you have Bryson Stout, who's going to be a first-round pick, and then there could be three or four guys that get drafted in the later rounds. That'll be interesting to see. I'll have to watch the, the MLB draft. I will definitely be watching that as well. This is the end of Vegas Sports Hub here on KSHP 1400 AM Las Vegas. want to give a thank you to my co-host, Ethan. No, thank you. I always try to pronounce your last name, but I butchered <laughs> it every single time. So just say your last name. Getemeyer. Get a Meyer. There you go. What? There you got it. I absolutely I did get it this time. <laughs> so thank you for that. Now follow our social medias on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Vegas Sports Hub. Go to our website, www.vegassportshub.com. And I also want to give a quick shout out to everyone who tuned in tonight. Because I know there are some people who said that they were going to tune in this Tuesday to listen in to Sports Hub. And yeah, thank you guys. In fact, there was a guy who actually said that he uh, he tries to listen to Sports Hub so he can listen to these young kids <laughs> that list that do it. Well, thank you to whoever that is. Shout to you. And now, one quick thing. Okay. For next week, we are going to have a very good guest come on to talk about the NFL free agency. And oh, don't spoil it. And we're going to get into March Madness, too. Ooh. Because March Madness is right around the corner. So that's going to be very exciting. Vegas Sports Hub, KSHP, 1400 AM, 
Las Vegas. It's Brian Blessing, weekdays, noon to 2, on 1400 KSHP North Las Vegas and KSHP.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Cleanup is underway in Lee County, Alabama, two days after a string of tornadoes left widespread destruction. President Trump has approved a disaster declaration for the state. County Sheriff Jay Jones says as many as eight people are 